Welcome, folks. You're listening to RSF Radio, and I'm your host, Joe Monday. Uh, This is episode two, September 14th, 2017, and it has been a pretty hectic week in the FGC. There's a lot going on right now, Uh, even more so to the extent of outside of Street Fighter. There's a lot going on with, uh, I'm always going to mess this up because I always say DB, DBZF, but it's it's those last two letters which you got to swap around with DBFZ and MVCI. Not lucky enough to be in either of those, so shed a tear for that. Um, but a lot of stuff co- to cover over the weekend, which we'll get to later. Uh, kind of a busy week, which means I really haven't got a lot of housework done. My brother keeps suggesting to me that I get um, get like a Roomba just for general sleeping because I got a, I got a tiny dog. He sheds whole hell of a lot it's got those little, like tiny short barbed hairs which stick into everything uh so the hair is everywhere and it would make sense well just get like a Roomba so you don't have to you know be the one to sweep up those hairs every week but then I say I also have a tiny dog running around my house that might not take kindly to a Roomba I was actually reading an article that that said dogs are actually aggressive towards automatic sweepers uh, because they see it as another animal in the house and they don't know where they stand in relation to your your robot sweeper human. So what you have to do is like, you have to discipline your vacuum cleaner and say, that's bad, Vacu- no food for you today as as the alpha male in my house. I, I, just, I just really like the idea of being the alpha male over a vacuum cleaner and that's the like that's the world that we can live in i I like i like that idea in my head a lot but not gonna happen he's a he's a little guy he scares easy he hates future and he he hates technology so that that will never happen not my house no anyway folks let's get into it uh big news uh coming right down the pipe uh knuckle do pledged to donate all of his winnings uh he was the one who took dreamhack uh this weekend dreamhack montreal uh big tournament which we'll get to tournament coverage later but i wanted to cover this up front because it's a huge gesture of kindness from knuckle uh so thank you for well i mean he's from florida so it makes sense that he would give back to that community but i mean it's a lot of money and given directly back to the people who need it kid's got a good heart he's still just a kid and it's it's some he's definitely stepped into that role model uh position i think he's definitely a guy you want to look up to and just big props to knuckle do hell of a guy all right it's next on the docket alex tech hell yeah uh so people still people are still trying for this and it it warms my heart uh there was a thread posted earlier this week of someone said, let's show all of Alex's max damage. And it shows from, you know, if you have no meter, if you want to spend one bar, if you want to spend all your bar, if you've got V trigger, it covers pretty much everything in all those scenarios of how much damage you can get off of certain hits in the neutral, all that good stuff, Alex tech and riding that train. Hell yeah. More Alex tech. We got more Alex tech coming. Uh, this one, the defensive side of things. Uh, how do you use uh, Alex's V trigger 
defensively against common block strings. This goes through and shows typical situations and when you might want to pop V-Trigger and use V-Trigger defensively. Uh, it's an interesting way to think if you, you, know, you know what your opponent's trying to do and this is pretty much guaranteed punishes. And some of the turns in damage are pretty massive if you start thinking about Alex's V-Trigger as a defensive option like that. Uh, so people are still working on this character even though he's highly... Um, Highly recognized as one of the worst characters in the game. I get that. I understand it. He has, as a grappler, he should probably have more offensive options, one might say. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know. There's people out there putting in the work. So I just want to give some coverage to those people. Uh, that was uh, in the chat. Cross up DP and way of the scrub who posted those videos uh so like and subscribe to those guys channels if you are an alex player or if you just believe in the underdog gotta believe in an underdog sometimes all right uh moving on on that feel good on that feel good train mike ross at wednesday night fights uh playing some <laughs> ultra street fighter 4 um this is just a fun video to watch if uh if maybe you liked Mike Ross from the excellent adventure years. You just like him. You like seeing him happy. You know when, you know when you see someone that is just that has that infectious joy about playing games and enjoying games. He's one of those people. And a video like that shows off. You know what, you know what joy can really come of fighting games. Uh, so I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, even if you're not familiar with Street Fighter Four and the commentators go right ahead and kind of talk about you know what mike what mike might be doing wrong <laughs> give him a lot of help for it and it's a it's just a joy to watch so highly recommend go checking that out that was posted by komodo dragonzord that's it's a pretty good name <laughs> i'm calling out names all right moving on all right so this is actually an article about f champ ryan ramirez uh the thing that I think is interesting about this particular uh, this particular interview, uh, and I, I, I always find very interesting about most interviews with players, uh, I mean, this guy's pretty divisive. Let's start off right off the bat. He's, he's pretty much a shitlord, and he plays into that role. He likes being the bad guy. He's said it before, and he fits that heel position pretty well, uh, I think, uh, and he plays that role well. Uh, but in this one, what I find interesting about all top players is asking them the question of how do they practice? Uh, what does his day look like? And because he's a signed player now, because he's with Spice, I mean, he goes into like why he left his job uh, and how he's treating being a signed player as a job. Because I, I think there's a lot to be said about all of the work and all of the practice that goes into being a top player in the FGC, or even anyone who is a figurehead of the FGC, let's say, of thinking about how much does he actually travel? What does that mean for his life schedule? When is he, like, what amount of free time does he actually have? And then what does he do with that free time? How much time does he spend practicing? Things like that. Uh, and I think it's it's kind of enlightening to show how much grind is going on. That Because when you see the hype combos and cool stuff at the end result, when you see someone win, winning a big tournament, you go, ah, oh, that was cool. I bet I could do that. But also, keep in mind the reality of that situation of how much 
actual work went and how many sacrifices were made to actually get to that position. Uh, so just a little interesting read. Recommend going and checking that out. That was posted by Lexi Lost. Fairly, re- fairly recently, actually. Uh, so what's next? Okay, True Knight. Uh, if you're not familiar with this guy's work, he is super helpful. He has posted a ton of guides for new players getting into the game. Uh, he's posted a ton of you know, simple tech stuff, just showing you the basics of get. this is how you do this. Very simple, very simply put, very easy to understand. Uh, and we'll talk about tournament stuff later. Again, another allusion to it, but jury tech. A lot of people might be interested in jury tech after this weekend. <laughs> if you catch my drift, I'm winking, I'm winking into the camera for the podcast version. That's the other thing I, I got to realize. I'm making a, I made a very bad winky face. Um, it was a very bad winky face. Just so we're all clear. Uh, but this is a jury's answers to common dictator things. And it's it just shows you like really how to beat head stomp, how to beat his common pressure setups, uh, what kind of block strings you can expect, and how can you beat them. Uh, it's it's very basic stuff. So if you are having trouble with this matchup, if you just picked up Jerry, go check it out. It's a fun little bit of information being shared. What's next? All right. Slaying Man, if you are not familiar with Slaying Man's work and you play Zangief, I don't know what rock you've been hiding under. Uh, this dude puts in so much work in terms of Zangief tech. Uh, pretty much anywhere on the internet. Uh, there's there's a lot of other people too, so I'm not going to just say exclusively Slaying Man stuff, but definitely go check this guy's channel out. Um, the video he posted was in his Muscle Memory series. Uh, Zangief's matchup guide to Kami uh, and what he does is he takes some Zangief players uh, maybe just him or another Zangief player Zangief main uh, and then they bring in a, another main from like the rest of the cast basically there's been one on Alex uh, there's been one on Ambison uh, but this week's was for Kami so they talk about the matchup for well over an hour uh, of Neutral situations, uh, pressure situations. Uh, how's the offense look like in this matchup? What does it look like in terms of momentum? Uh, what are certain tricks you can do? What is useful? What is not useful in this matchup? Uh, so it's it gets into the nitty gritty of what that particular matchup is. Uh, not and he's been doing this for a while, so it's not just for Cami that's out there. There's a there's a couple other ones if you play Zangief or having trouble against Zangief uh, definitely a series you want to check out and also check out his other Zangief tech videos they're it, all super useful highly recommended like and subscribe to his channel for show alright what's next we kind of talked about uh, players playing older Street Fighter games and I think that that is relevant considering that Excellent Adventures last weekend hopped over to Hyper Fighting uh, it's it's fun to see them playing maybe not the most popular game. Maybe that's not something that you grew up with as a kid for the new players. Maybe Street Fighter Five is your first Street Fighter game. You think, well, what else was there? Why do people like this series so much? Uh, and this really gets into... It's just showing them having fun. They, they lose a lot. They don't, they don't win a lot. But sometimes that that's that's some of the fun to it. But they're enjoying it when they lose. That's the thing. No one's getting mad salty, and it's again, it's just a it's a joyful time 
Uh, so I highly recommend that if maybe you fall fell off the series because you're like, I don't really like Street Fighter V. That's fine. Those episodes are different, obviously, in comparison to some of their older work. Uh, but they changed things up. So check it out. All right. Next up is another interview uh, from uh, ESPN about Long Island Joe and his career in the FGC. It kind of talks about, again, a very another interesting thing of how much work do you do? Because this guy actually has a normal job. Uh, he still works his nine to five and then also is running tournaments. He's also going to tournaments. He's also getting top eight at Evo. Uh, so it shows how much dedication someone has to the community, uh, to the sport. Uh, it's a very interesting read. And ESPN is very good about shedding pretty positive light on character stories. Uh, those, And this is kind of an aside. Uh, for games journalists and games writers, FGC writers in particular, but read other work from just tangential authors, let's say, of like, read some sports writing, read some, I don't know, fishing game stuff. Uh, what kind of other writing is there? Just go out and read some, read a newspaper, get some, get some more inputs from other, other worlds to understand, you know, what, is good writing what could good writing look like if you're trying to cover a character piece how is that covered in other realms uh and then bring that into the fgc to kind of build up our own community make us a little more legitimate make that story give it that extra polish on the end um that's a hot tip but hey go check out this article it's a very good article about long island joe highly recommended um send it to your dad or your mom or your family maybe get them have them understand what it's about to, you know, have a love for the fighting game community. All right, that was posted by FPE Lock. All right, moving on. Okay, great one. From this one was posted by Yosh. Those, those three. All right. Uh, this is a Core A gaming video. Uh, the topic is analysis: how to find out who's the best. This isn't necessarily like a covering who is the best, wasn't mean to be the best. It is a very, it covers from top to bottom, you know, what is a tournament? How do tournaments work? Why do we do double elimination tournaments? Why, why are they split up into pools, for example? Uh, so if you are even coming from other esports, uh, that don't have the the bracket systems that are very common with within the FGC. I would recommend going to check out this video because it shows from pretty much top to bottom why we would run a double elimination tournament or why we'd run an invitational and why do invitationals look that way? Why are there round robins? Uh, what does it mean to players when you play round robins? Why is it not feasible to run a round robin? at a major tournament. Uh, a lot of really good questions are raised and a lot of um, really cool ideas are prompted. Uh, and Core A Gaming is just one of the one of the best in the business when it comes to video production within the FGC. As someone who is out there giving the information to people, highly recommend checking out that video. Also, like and subscribe to that dude's channel. Uh, very helpful to him and he puts in good work. So definitely check that one out. 
All right, up next, uh, another really strong member of the FGC, Saham, Sajam. Uh, this post with the pretty basic title, ambiguous title, there are a lot of things to learn from Sajam's match analysis, and that's true. He took a set from... Uh, I forget which tournament was, which it was, but it was Nemo and Daigo playing a set. It's Yurian versus Guile, and it is potentially enlightening to people who might not be familiar with the thought processes and the options that top-level players will have available in their head of what they might be trying to look for, the spacing that they're looking for, what they're doing to achieve that spacing, uh, all kinds of like men mental things that a top player might be going through, why they're doing it, or why they got beaten, uh, what kind of, like, how's this matchup look. Uh, he's pretty thorough about the analysis. It's within 20 minutes. Uh, so go check that out if you are interested in higher level play or just to, you want a deeper understanding of higher level play. Um, so it's a very interesting video. Uh, and big ups to Sajam for all the work that he puts in. Another great member of the FGC. Like and subscribe to his channel. Please, that dude is putting in the work. All right, and that covers uh, all of the notable posts from last week. There are many more, <laughs> obviously, throughout the week. Uh, but those are the handful of posts that we pulled out that we felt were important to talk about. Uh, other than that, what else happened this weekend? Talking about tournament coverage. Uh, Brought it up earlier this week, or earlier uh, earlier in the pod, but DreamHack Montreal that was taken by Team Liquid's Knuckledew, and of course giving all his winnings to help out disaster relief in Florida because they got hit hard with hurricanes, multiple hurricanes, not just one, a couple in that region. Uh, so shout outs to Knuckledew for his love and generosity uh, towards that towards his hometown, man. Big ups to that guy. All right. The other tournament that was this weekend was Manila Cup. Another one we kind of alluded to earlier. Uh, Razor's Infiltration uh, played Jury the whole way through. Beat all of the Rashids. All of, all of the Rashids. Just all, all of them in the world were there, and he beat all of them. It's a fact. You can look that one up. That's the true fact. Uh, but no, it's, it was actually a really great demonstration of what the character is that character's potential because a lot of people rate her pretty low on the tier list. Um, she doesn't have offensive options like, let's say, the top tier has. It's not as easy for her to get things going if she doesn't have the resources because she needs those those uh, Fujin stores to have options later on for either bigger damage or space control, things like that. Uh, but Infiltration pretty much well-known for uh, making the, <laughs> making good out of a bad situation. Uh, so watch those replays if you are interested in playing that character, or uh, hit up that post we talked about earlier of Jerry Guide to doing basic stuff. Uh, another thing I want to bring up that was interesting about this one, and I don't really, I didn't get a clear answer about this, but in the, when his name was presented during the match, it didn't say, uh, Razor infiltration didn't say RZR didn't get that under right right before his name as is typical uh, with CPT events they'll say you know who your sponsors are and it wasn't listed I found that a little bit weird and I, I so if you know that uh, write in let me know why that why that it was like that did they not do it for anyone was I not paying attention the whole time uh, 
it's hard to say. I might be the fool here. <laughs> I have a fag all over my face right now, but it it was it, it looked it looked strange, and I, I I don't know if that was intentional or just a mistake. But let me know if you know. And the last CPT event was actually Geek Weekend. It was a CPT event in Dubai. And big ups to Big Bird. Uh, he is NASR Esports Big Bird. Uh, if you don't know who Big Bird is, he is a, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, really well known for his guy back in uh, Street Fighter 4 days. Uh, he's just so much fun to watch. And I, I maintain uh, that... Dubai commentary from that region, that region is some of the hypest stuff. They make even the simplest stuff seem so much fun. Uh, their laughter is infectious. Uh, it is a good time. Uh, always fun to watch their tournaments, like his, his local one they stream. Uh, I forget when, if they're weekly or monthly. Uh, but check them out. It's a good time if you like to see some some good street fighter and big bird's a good dude so help his community help him out uh go check out his stuff all right and that covers tournament uh stuff from this past weekend and on to the next section which is user questions a uh, really great question uh prompted by uh guiler fracas guiler guile guile Fracas. Uh, and the question is, how do good players think during a round? And this question came from a place of what should what should I be thinking of in a match as a low-level player? And the correct answer here, uh, there, were, there were a ton of great answers. Damascus had a really, really great response. I highly recommend checking that one out. Uh, and there's just a lot of great responses in general uh, in this thread. If you are someone who is, you know, wanting to get into the competitive side of fighting games uh, and wants to think, well, what are these, what are these players actually thinking? Um, and the correct way of looking at it is if you are a lower level player and you're playing against other lower level players, you don't need to be thinking about higher level stuff. There's uh, just core basic stuff that you just need to be covering and thinking about in your head. Like you can basically run a checklist down. And I actually might put together, I was thinking about this for another write up for Geef's gym. So this might allude to something that might be coming down the pipes later on, but something along the lines of you know, what are the check boxes, the mental check boxes you can make of what level of play should I be looking for uh, at the current level that I am? So it's like if you can if you can anti air if you if you, if you can see when they're going to want to jump, does this player know how to walk forward? Because a lot of players do not know how to walk forward or why they would want to walk forward. If are they entering a space and then immediately pressing the button that would reach you at that range? That's another thing. How can you? deal with that as a player are they only throwing special moves in the neutral they're just things that you can look for that are very indicative of you probably don't need to be thinking about higher level stuff and just think you really only need to be thinking of thinking about the basics of just preventing them from jumping in uh pressuring them on wake up pressuring them when they don't have defensive options or reversals 
probably expecting a reversal. That's another thing. Do they reversal on wake up when they have the option? Or are they the kind of person who blocks one attack and then reversals? That's a different mindset of a player of, you know, why they might want to do that. Uh, so there are just a couple of mental things you can check off right down the list uh, of what you should be looking for at different levels. And I think that's, that's a really interesting concept. But then also, uh, there are some people who responded uh, what higher level players might be thinking. Uh, and beyond just what can my character do versus your character and into what do you as a player want to do? What have you done in the past? I think there was a really good video posted by Baphael of when Tokido was beat in Evo by Punk. When Tokido was beaten in earlier on in, in pools in the tournament, there was a specific corner setup that he did against Punk. And Punk responded in such a way to get himself out of the corner. He then later, in, in Grand Finals, put Punk in that exact same situation, but did the exact right thing to beat Punk's attempted escape, as he did previously in the tournament. So it's stuff like that that you're remembering and thinking of at much later levels, much higher levels in the, in in fighting games than you would think of at a bronze level, a silver, even a diamond level. Not thinking about those things. Uh, so it's just a very interesting post that covers some some really cool stuff. A lot of really great answers in that thread. Go check it out. Uh, another fun one. Another question from user. Uh, Sound demon. Sound demon. Uh, very basic question. How do you calculate V-trigger activations, advantage or disadvantage? There's two really clear answers to this. Uh, FAT and FDV. If you don't know what those are, um, FATs, FA tools, that is a app you can have on your phone, uh, Android or iOS, uh, either way. And that that has the the frame data for you know uh for when you cancel normals or specials into v trigger um it's just one of the things that are listed it also has a website so just search fat online you'll find it um and the other one is another frame data app and it's frame data v frame data five uh both available on android and ios uh both it's similar in the information that they can give. Um, frame data five is, is really slick the way it works. Uh, and it's kind of a pretty app too, uh, really good art in it. Uh, but also just really simple to read if you just want that info. And the dude who keeps it updated is like spot on with when things are changed. Uh, and usually really, he's just an intelligent dude about how it, it, both of the people who run those apps and the communities behind them are both very very intelligent players uh, within the FGC uh, so big ups to the communities that basically keep those apps afloat and keep them up to date uh, really good stuff there but the question how do you find that V-trigger activation on it, block and on hit look them up they're freely available, so go check them out. If you don't have, if you are, if you have this game and you don't have it on your those one or both of those apps on your phone, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, go out and do that promptly. And the last user submitted question, uh, this one is kind of different. I just really liked the answer to this question, so I'm going to read it word for word because I think it's one of the beautiful, a beautiful response from a member of the FGC. The question was just simply, someone help. 
I'm bad. Just prompted, I'm bad at games. How, how do? And it was under repair who said, and word for word, going to read it out loud. Welcome to the world of fighting games. Fighting games are like the arts. You think you can draw well, and you think it's easy to learn. After showing your work, uh, insisting you've never actually touched a pen in your life, you realize that you actually suck. Your dreams of being a talented genius, genius child are broken. You then decide to practice and reach results that you consider very good. In your enthusiasm, you show once again your work, and you realize from the comments that you still suck ass. You are depressed. You think you will never, ever get good at art. You don't understand why people think that what you make, it's actually looking like a huge pile of stool. One day, you decide to work on perspective like a madman. Uh, you, you then make another piece of art uh, that you show the world. You compare that. You compare what you made uh, with past pictures you've crafted, and surely now people ought to like your work. Essentially, people tell you that your work is still very much shit. One or two persons who know what they're talking about uh, give you a small praise about your grasp of perspective, but still insist that your proportions are ass. After years and years of hard work, you feel that you've made progress. You reluctantly show some pieces that you've made. And most people tell you that it's all right. Welcome to the shit show. <laughs> I just think that, that is a beautiful representation of how much hard work and dedication you can put into something and think, oh, my hit confirms are so tight, but then have absolutely no grasp on the neutral or any number of concepts within fighting games. And I just think that that is... It's a great way to express that you, know, you might think and you might have put in a lot of work, but it might not matter in the global sense because we have so many examples of like, true artists. Like, or even, it's actually a fun thing in the art world of when people look at a Picasso and think, I could draw some squiggly faces and I could, I could make an art. I could do an art. But the, what they're really looking at is years and years of what Pablo Picasso has done to achieve a level of like realism before he was like, I don't, I don't like that anymore. I'm going to do something different and then make the whole new brand of art or a whole or popularize a whole brand of art uh, that makes that important or, you know, the skills that were involved to get him to that point. It's, there's so much that you don't see from an outside perspective or, if you aren't familiar with fighting games, let's say there's something that might not look optimal and go, well, why don't I do that? It's not the, the right thing. But then again, back to the old thing, what are high level players thinking? Well beyond. Uh, and of course at tournaments, all you see is high level play. You don't see bronze versus bronze at tournaments. It's just not typically, typically not something that gets on, on screen at times. So you're not, you don't have examples to look for aside from maybe your own replays. Uh, but again, I just think this was a beautiful response, uh, again, from under repair. So that didn't get a whole lot of that thread was pretty much off the front page immediately. But that was a choice response. Had to bring that one up. It's a thing of, it's a thing of beauty. 
And finally, folks, that brings us to our final section, which is the uh, history in FGC. What, what should I call this? I don't, I don't know what I should call this, uh, this last little segment. Uh, but what we do is take historic matches uh, from the past that, let's say, you just joined the FGC, you might not know about. Uh, this one, a very fun one, uh, goes to our, or at least highlights one of, uh, it highlights <laughs> this last year's EVO winner, Tokido. Uh, it was from SCR 2010, Super Street Fighter 4. Some people already know where I'm going with this, but it was Tokido versus Clakey D. If you want to know where, <laughs> where Tokido, I mean, if you want to know how Tokido earns and owns his murder face this is a prime example of tokido just being and embodying the murder face uh it aside from it being a fun set it's a fun set it's akuma versus ibuki and in street fighter 4 a lot of people say ah it's rushdown city uh you just gotta guess you guess once but a lot of the matches in that set are either close to or timeouts is between ibuki and akuma uh it's just a fun matchup. It's re- there's a lot, really there's a lot of good space control, a lot of knowledge of available options. Uh, just a fun set in general to watch. But then the end, oh, it's so good. Uh, if you haven't watched this match, uh, basically what was set up is that behind them, uh, they were projecting the match on the wall. Uh, so as soon as Tokido won, and he won with a raging demon, as soon as Tokido won stands up immediately and Clay D's kind of just like looking I thought he, he he has said in the past I thought he was going to shake my hand but he just walks off drops a stick walks off walks in front of the projector back to the projector like Akuma would and gets that uh, that kanji on his back and it is it's such a perfect taunt to the end of a win uh, in top 8 that is just it's a thing of beauty highly recommend it out it's a beautiful moment. Uh, I'm going to post two different links. Uh, one of the uh, Level Up Live post of it. And another one of footage from the crowd of Tokido actually doing the, the real-life taunt. Uh, because it's just it's just fun. And it shows how much fun Tokido has. When Tokido gave that answer uh, at EVO 2017 that fighting games are something that are so great. This is what he's talking about. He, he just has so much fun with it. And you can tell. Almost too much fun because Clakey D uh, went on to go play League of Leg- Legends with Marn for years and hasn't come back. I think he, I think he's real. That's the real life catching up. But you didn't hear much from Clakey D after this. He went immediately to to LOL and never looked back. Uh, but that will just about wrap up our show tonight, folks. Uh, so. Uh, this has been a week in review, uh, September fourteenth. Uh, 2017 Uh, again I'm your host Joe Monday and we will catch you every week on another edition of RSF Radio take care folks